for coming to listen to the first episode of Intentionally You. I'm Jasmine. And I'm Shah. So Shah Yates is based in Oxfordshire and is a 26-year-old with loads of passions. She's a writer. She's a book reviewer. She dabbles in content creation and she has a master's degree in journalism. Plus, she is the founder of the comedy blog, Clumsy, which is a place for short stories about clumsy gals. She's an aspiring radio DJ and now the co-host of this podcast, Intentionally You. Jasmine Dine is also 26. She currently lives in Berlin, Germany. She's the author of the recently published poetry collection, 11 After 11, which you guys need to all go and check out as it is some really incredible writing. And she is also the human to her new little dog, Betty, who is absolutely gorgeous. Jasmine also enjoys many creative corners. She's a big book lover and artist and spends a lot of time doing interesting courses and learning wherever she can. As a result of this, she is a certified life coach and a professional English teacher as a foreign language. And of course, the most exciting thing is that she's now the co-host of this podcast, Intentionally You. So today we're going to talk about the much discussed topic of self-confidence and how it's relevant to the concept of being intentionally you. So just to give a bit of context first off, when talking about confidence, we mean the feeling of self-assurance arising from an appreciation of one's own abilities or qualities as defined in Bing's dictionary. So yeah, we're going to be talking a little bit about what we think confidence is, how we've been affected by confidence, and as mentioned earlier, some of our favorite songs, TED Talks, and things like that, that help us with confidence or make us feel confident. Why we are going to be doing it about confidence as our first episode, we both think it's a super important subject. It affects so many people on a daily basis. And let's be honest, who doesn't want to be more confident? We also think it is a great step and a great part of being intentionally you. I've got a great statistic here as well from a 2017 HuffPost article, which says, in a study of active social media users between the ages of 28 to 73, 60% of people using social media reported that it has impacted their self-esteem in a negative way, 60%. And 50% of those people reported that social media is having a negative effect on their relationships due to confidence as well, which that's absolutely crazy numbers. And also such a big age range. Like, yeah, it's really crazy how that can be affecting people's confidence. But we all know that social media does affect people's confidence. You know, we're all following the gorgeous girls, the muscly guys who are out on holidays all the time in bikinis or doing workouts. And especially in lockdown, it can be really daunting. And I know that for me, it, it has got to me at times as well. There's just a little statistic for you that does show the massive impact of confidence and basic why we think this is important. Wow, well, that was a stat well said. Yeah, so this podcast has stemmed from the intention that we both set to become more confident in ourselves. And we basically share this ride with other people who feel that desire to express themselves freely and confidently. So today we're going to be giving you guys the lowdown on what we've already discovered about improving our own self-confidence, our self-esteem, our self-worth and our own paths. With that being said, we would like you guys to be able to get to know us a little bit. So we're going to ask each other some questions about confidence before we do anything else. You can just hear us having a little chit chat. And yeah, hope you enjoy. Yeah. Why is it important to you to improve your own self-confidence? So I think I would feel I'd be able to achieve a lot more if I had the same confidence I used to have or better confidence than I even used to have. I do feel a lot like in the last year that I'm stopping my own self from achieving great things, which is like quite an annoying feeling, feeling a little bit sorry for yourself, but also knowing that I could be having better things or doing better things if I had this confidence. And then it brings about feelings of like, well, why don't I have that confidence? But I also think it's important for anyone to feel confident. Like it's such an important feeling, I think. Um, You know, I think everyone deserves to feel important, to feel sexy, gorgeous, intelligent, funny. I think those emotions all sort of link link into confidence. And I, I feel like everyone deserves that. Yeah, absolutely. It's difficult when you feel like you are the problem, but I think that's why we're here. We're making this podcast because it's so important to how you get about the rest of your life. Everyone wants to have good stuff happen in their life. And I think having confidence is the main factor to whether or not you can do it or not. So training yourself to have more confidence is just important. Yeah. Do you want to say anything else on the subject before question two? Um, I don't think so. Yeah, I just want to, I don't know, I'm feeling like, funnily enough, I'm feeling, this is the unconfident me talking. Mm. This is the me like, mm, I don't really know what to say. I'm going to say it in a bit of a timid voice. So I'm, I'm, I'm like, I think I finished now. I, I don't know what else to say. 
Well, two years ago, I'd have been like, shut me up, mate. I'm going to bang on about how fucking confident I am until the cows go home. Like, it's annoying. Like, I can hear it myself. Like, I can hear how unconfident I am compared to how I used to be. And it is so frustrating. I know. I was the same, though. Like, when I was, even just when I was living in Oxford and stuff, I felt so boisterous all the time. And, like, I could just be like, la, 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 all the time. And felt my own issues mentally and stuff was going on at home. And I did have problems. I felt just more confident in myself and being able to stand up for myself and setting boundaries in a different way. And I feel like I kind of retreated for a few years after that into like this nervous Nelly who felt, oh, sorry. That's me now. All right. Like it's hard. It's hard to grow out of it, but it is something that can change. I think it's important to just keep that in mind. As long as you work, it's like you have to practice. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes you lose it because you go into like hermit mode or something happens and you feel like you have to just deal with that in your own way or something just knocks your confidence a bit and sometimes what you have to do is just be like right okay well I'm gonna have to practice again learning how to be confident again in the same way you would practice learning a skill of any kind because confidence is a skill so I think it's just practice makes perfect and doing kind of like the activities that we've been talking about in this episode are things that help practice and reminding yourself through books and in all types of media about confidence is the only way really to yeah keep practicing and keep reminding yourself how important it is to practice because you only kind of think about oh shit I'm not that confident when you aren't confident you don't think while you're feeling really confident god I've got so much confidence you just you just are yeah like I didn't used to think I was like super confident no me neither I was yeah but I'd be doing stuff like stuff I would not have the guts to do now I was doing stuff but I was like doing speeches in front of like 300 people and stuff and like obviously I'd be nervous and I'd be like shit but on there maybe like one minute I'd be like oh I can't do it and then I'd be like oh yeah I can like do you know and now it's just like god I can't even apply for a job because I don't think I'm qualified enough and it's like who are you like why are you like this now like it's so boring I'm bored of it like I'm bored of like meetings yeah. weeb. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean though because it's it isn't nice you've been feeling dead able and capable to do things even if you felt nervous things you just did it anyway it's like that book feel the fear and do it anyway but I think it's Susan Jenkins yeah. you do just feel like well I used to just feel like okay well if something goes wrong I'll deal with it then and now I'm like oh my god I just don't feel as it, like literally crying over having to have a phone call with people from higher up yeah organizations yeah. or whatever I start to think, oh my God, like you need to just chill. But I don't know why I feel nervous to like, speak to someone on a walk while I'm ha- walking my dog or if somebody stops with their dog and they're asking me questions. Yeah, in a, in a language that I don't speak as my first language and I am still not that confident speaking German, but so fair enough in that kind of way. But I just kind of think, why do I feel like, oh, can I actually just avoid this situation right now when I don't need to feel like I could just be like, hi. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, I know. My old me used to just be like, I'd be like, hi to the bus driver, hi to the person in the shop. Like, yeah, and now same. I'm like, don't be annoying, Jasmine. <laughs> just be quiet. Same. How, how weird. Like, I mean, do you think there's been something then that's made you like that? Like, did something happen and you were like, or do you think, or you just don't know? Because I'm kind of like, little things happen, but nothing where I would say, oh, something really embarrassing happened or I really messed something up for me to then be like that. Then I just noticed, like, I was like this, and I was like, oh. Yeah, there there was definitely no single event getting caught naked on the stage or something like one of those bad dreams that people have. It was definitely nothing like that, but I don't know. It's confusing, to be honest, because more embarrassing things happened to me when I was younger, and I think maybe that's the thing. Maybe I was more confident with things going wrong because they did so often, and it just kind of felt like whatever like okay yeah I got drunk and was embarrassing or oh shit yeah I slept with someone I shouldn't have slept with or I did something I shouldn't have done made myself feel like well whatever like it happens all the time or maybe it was because I was surrounded by other people who funny and embarrassing things happen to all the time so you just feel more like whatever like we're all just being weird but then maybe when I kind of moved away from where I was living before and Everyone kind of gets on with their lives from being a bit young and daft or whatever. And I think that's what starts to make you feel less confident because there's other people doing more things. And that's the problem, isn't it? Like comparison is the thief of joy. You're just thinking about other people and what what they're doing. That kind of takes away your own confidence because you think, well, if they can do it, then maybe I can't do it because I'm not as good as them. But actually you are. Do you know what I mean? Like actually Beyonce isn't sitting around thinking about Rihanna being brilliant. They both they both <laughs> yeah, just so true. So... Definitely not one single event, but I think 
it's more about your own expectations of yourself and that kind of takes away your confidence. Yeah, it's so true. And I think especially in the days of Instagram and social media, everyone during lockdown, I mean, well, you're amazing because you've written a book, but so many people have started up the businesses or worked all day and started a business from this. And it's like, oh, fucking hell, I've done none of this shit. What yeah. am I doing? Sat here playing Sims or something. And it, you can think, oh, well, I've always said I'm going to be a badass babe, but I'm not doing anything. But I think it's so easy these days to compare yourself as well. For sure. I think a few years ago, I stopped following the type of accounts on Instagram that make you feel like less than, but in a way, still following so many like activists and people who talk about body positivity and mm-hmm. important subjects. And I'm following a lot of like positivity accounts and stuff like that. But even just seeing how one person, for example, has done really well with their Instagram and is doing really well doing things for the community and yeah. beautiful inside and out and whatever like and that's nothing to do with the shape or size of them just about like who they are as people then you feel like I want to be I want to be a star do you know what I mean <laughs> like, yeah like, I get that you you kind of think me I, hold on I want to do that and to be fair I actually didn't write my book during lockdown I wrote it before lockdown even started before it even happened but it was just crazy because then lockdown came and for a lot of the time I've kind of felt what am I doing like I've got ideas for things, but what am I actually doing? I just kind of just don't want to do anything. And I think that's okay because everyone's having that problem. But I genuinely do think COVID has, yeah. has had a massive influence on like how confident we feel in general, because I feel like I haven't seen anyone for ages. So when I do see someone, it feels more like, well, it's a human. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, like oh my we, God, I've forgotten what to do. What do we do? Honestly, like, where I've not had that experience enough times in the past year or whatever, it feels like I've kind of been knocked down a few like excitement pegs. <laughs> like, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. like I actually just feel nervous to have like interactions with people rather than excited or I don't know, just I feel more just like, oh shit. I think because also there's more worries like you also worry, am I going to get sick? And you're also always worried yeah, about yeah, people sure. you know who are sick and different things that are happening. But I don't know. I definitely think it's affected confidence in general for sure. My next question is, tell me a time where you basically think that you cock-blocked yourself or, or for want of a better word, life-blocked yourself through lack of confidence in yourself. So how have you got in your own way? Oh, okay. Um, I literally cock-blocked, probably not very often. Um, but actually in terms of my life, I'd say quite a lot in the last year. Mm. So I was studying my master's this time last year and I became really anxious, really unconfident. I was having panic attacks in my classes. And I was just kind of over it. I wasn't trying very hard. I wasn't applying for placements, even though everything like that would have been cancelled anyway because of COVID. But I wasn't really putting myself out there. I was really thinking, like, I'm not good enough. I don't have much experience. And actually lockdown was kind of a blessing in disguise for me as I really was just sick of the uni environment and where I was living in Bournemouth at the time and Mm. moving in with my boyfriend and his family and having sort of time here kind of locked safely away made me feel a lot better, which is quite strange because obviously a lot of people have been suffering with their mental health through Mm -hmm. lockdown and I was kind of the opposite um, at the beginning. But yeah, also even since then, so like my master's was officially finished in September and obviously that's like, you know, go out and get a job and just so many jobs that that looks really cool. Or even jobs that people have sent me, like my dad or my friends, like sending me journalism jobs and stuff. I just thought, no, I can't do that. I didn't get any experience in my master's. I feel like, even feel like my master's, I'm a bit of a cheat because I feel like I didn't learn half the stuff I was meant to learn because classes and things were cancelled because of COVID or they were online or assessments were changed and they were kind of easier and more rubbish I didn't get the placement so I haven't been out in the industry at all um you've got a bit of imposter syndrome really yeah like definitely definitely got um some imposter syndrome going on and even still sort of now um but it's all like some of it's also like a bit like I can't be bothered but then I do feel like the can't be bothered is probably driven by the fact that I don't want to be filling out all these applications for these jobs just to be rejected or not contacted which I know is happening to thousands of people right now the job you know, the job situation is rubbish, but mm. I don't want to be doing all that and then be rejected and rejected again or get a job and then not be good enough, which has kind of happened recently, but we won't go there. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I feel like in terms of cock blocking my life, I suppose recently it's been quite bad for like not applying for opportunities, which I think is madness and relates back to that statistic I talked about earlier where um, there's a difference between males and females is that a ma- males will apply for a, a role if they've got they're like 60% confident or they've got like 60% mm. of skills or um, what they ask list, for yeah, yeah what they what the job asks for and women 
will only apply if they've got 100%. So it's like women automatically stop themselves from getting an opportunity by not even applying for it. They don't think they're good enough yet. And yeah, it is just crazy. And I feel like I just sort of said in in the last question, like a couple of years ago, I was so confident and I just, I would have just been applying for them and not really really bothered if I got a rejection or I'd be eager to know about the rejection and I'd probably email them and be like, oh, can you please tell me why I didn't get this job or sort of thing. So yeah, definitely a lot of imposter syndrome and definitely a lot less confident sort of in the last year with my master's and then applying for job now. I'm still, you know, nowhere near as confident as I as I would have used to have been. And then when I think about my earliest self, during secondary school, I probably wasn't that confident until like my last couple of years. And then maybe I was kind of known for being like too confident and too like out there but I used to perform so I used to be in shows I used to do singing competitions I used to do like um musical theater and the amount of times I thought oh, I wasn't good enough because I'm not the best at dancing I don't have great hand-eye coordination and I would be like no that's going to be a big dancing bit and you're going to fail so I wouldn't go for the opportunity oh. and one day I remember my teacher saying like you're one of my favorite people you're so enthusiastic you work so hard your singing's great your acting's amazing and yeah your dancing isn't the best but if you were to go for the wrong got it Charlotte, like people would work around you and would have oh. like made you know we could make the dance easier for you or something but you're literally stopping yourself by not believing in yourself and that's kind of always stuck with me a little bit as well is that like it's true like you might not be the best at all parts, but if you've got stronger parts than other people or stronger parts than your weaker parts, then, you know, yeah, you're for more sure. than enough. It's, it's kind of like you, you are just getting in your own way. And I think that's the thing I definitely can relate about with the jobs and opportunities. Like for me, I just wrote a book and I'm working on my second book and, you know, I've got an English language qualification. And I just, at the same time as that though, feel like when I look at job applications, I kind of think, well, you know, that pays a lot. So that must not be something I'd be able to do, which is which is so stupid because that's not necessarily true. But I think, oh, well, they must want somebody with more experience than me. And I, I'm the same as you in a way. I don't want to spend all this time applying for this particular job when I'm probably not going to get it. And that's just not the mindset to have. If I want that particular job, then I should try and go for it. But it's like, I think maybe when I was so younger, I found, I found interviews kind of easy when it's something to do with, like customer service or like being a bartender or something like that because I feel like you go in and you just have to be really friendly and know that yeah. you're good at, good at doing things and then that's it whereas I feel like I come under that category but when it comes to doing official job like a job 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 <laughs> I feel like it's like and I, I, it's not that I don't think I can sell myself in writing but it's like I just think what's the actual point because surely they'll just pick someone like older than me or who's got more experience in certain areas. And that's because it has changed the way that it is these days, I think. Like, you do have to have more experience for a lot of jobs. So if you feel like, well, what experience... A ridiculous amount. It's really silly. If no one's going to give you the chance, how are you supposed to get this experience? It's like the classic question of all millennials, you know? like Honestly, I just think think it annoys me because I just think, why make it so that you have to have all these years of uni experience placements everything before you can even get an unpaid internship yeah make it only okay for the wealthiest children and, and young people to have opportunities to do well but anyway we move we if we have the confidence in ourselves we can do anything job wise and I think we just have to make sure that we are programming our brains to back us the fuck up do you know what I mean okay so, next question so when do you feel the most confident or when you have you felt it Okay, so I was probably my most confident during my third year of university. Um, I was slimmer then. I was kind of thriving. I was part of a lot of things. So I worked for the Students' Union um, as well as being elected for them as a part-time officer and then elected again on a national scale um, to go and represent our uni at NUS conferences, which is like the National Union of Students. Yeah, so that was quite cool. Um, but then I was also on the rugby team, which I never thought I'd be playing rugby. Rugby made me feel unreal confident, to be honest, even Did though it? I didn't really understand the rules and I wasn't very good at it. But there's just <laughs> something about, as we used to say, smashing bitches on pitches that made me <laughs> feel unreal. And like the team spirit and the training, the fitness, and then going on a night out after a rugby match when you're all a bit drunk, you're all really sore, your bruises are starting to show up, but you're with the team, especially if you've won in a bougie outfit, like... I just used to feel unstoppable then. Like, I, yeah, like so good. I don't know if it was to do with like the endorphins as well. That's released in exercise mm. and like winning something or team spirit. But 
yeah, I used to feel really good. I would also say that was when I was my most sexual as well, my most like sexual self. I used to, I was really feeling myself then. I was sing, like single after not long been cheated on. And um, yeah, I was just having some fun and exploring different things. And that just made me feel unreal as well. And then I had quite a few different friends and I had classes, you know, I would say so much going on in my life. But I think that's what made me feel so unstoppable is that I was mm. like doing so many things. You feel on top um, of things. Yeah. I, I don't think I did feel on top of things. But I was like, damn, like what I'm doing. Like, um, and then like people used to say like, oh my God, I don't know how you're doing this, Shah. Like, wow. Like, oh, you're here. Oh my God, you're here. And like, I was a proper boss with my schedule and it was just things I enjoyed. So I just got it done. And mm-hmm. and then I'd be sort of thinking about what I've done over the last week or something. And I'd be like, damn, yeah, like I'm a badass bitch. I'm killing it. Yeah, so, yeah that was probably when I was my most confident. That's good. I think yeah, that sounds really, really like a good time. I think it's actually something that I do want to talk about on another episode for sure is the power of how sort of sensual and sexual you feel when mm-hmm. in kind of making you feel more confident. Because I do find that the times where I was having lots of sex the most are definitely times where I felt the most confident and I think that's like a quite an important thing actually because I I think feeling sensual even if it's just in yourself gives you a lot of confidence to feel like you can achieve things even just because it kind of makes you feel powerful like sex does make you feel powerful in a way so then it kind of makes you feel more confident obviously (laughs) it kind of yeah yeah definitely cool so is there something that you would kind of do in the future if you were able to gain more self-confidence from this point so like for me it would be going to singing lessons because I love singing but I always feel like I'd be too nervous to go that they would just be like oh you can't sing for shit what the fuck (laughs) you know what I mean oh I love that I think I'd be the same as well mine would be to sing on stage again that's cool or or maybe perform again although I did that last year with my masters and I really didn't like it but again really? what I hit was imposter syndrome so yeah. I was actually in my university show of Chicago oh yeah but I quit at Christmas which was like three months before um I didn't finish it it was just too much of the masters all the other stuff I was doing mm. I'm gonna be honest the society was quite um bitchy and like I didn't really feel like I connect with anyone yeah. the rehearsals were really intense I was exhausted and I was just kind of like, uh, I don't actually think I'm going to enjoy this as much as I thought. Still just so nervous, like consumed by nerves. And I thought, that's not why I wanted to do this. I wanted to do this to feel empowered, to feel fun, to feel sexy at Chicago. And everything I kind of dreaded rehearsals. So I just yeah. thought, I don't want to do this, get up on stage and freeze, which I've done on multiple occasions and is why I'm so scared of singing. Um, So I, I gave it up. But I, I'm kind of proud that I, I did try and and do that again the thing is like in my opinion I think the more confident thing that you did there was to choose to leave that situation when actually it wasn't working for you like confidence isn't just being really loud and brave and doing everything massive I think having the confidence to say and recognize and have the self-awareness to say actually this isn't what I was wanting from this experience and I'm not going to do it because I don't feel the way that I wanted to feel from it and that's not like necessarily the same as like quitting it's about feeling like you can say to yourself actually I'll do better if I do this other thing and it's not necessarily just because like if you were on the going on the stage and you got on really well with everyone thing and all the relationships were great then potentially you might have then felt more confident to go ahead with it but because yeah it, it wasn't the kind of environment that made you feel your best I think that's that's the problem. Like I was going to say it with your question before about going out with the rugby team as well. I think a big part of feeling so confident when you're out with a bit, lot of people who are in a good mood is you feel more confident because you're sharing energy with all the people around you who are also that's in a great so mood. True. Like when you go to a festival and you feel like everyone is really excited and you're like, oh my God. You feel yeah, so, you so can just feel the vibes. You can yeah. Just feel, yeah, exactly. So. And I think it's the same when you're doing something with a group. And if if you don't feel like everyone's kind of on the same vibe, or you kind of don't feel like everyone's kind of pulling together for like a joint thing in like a really you know community kind of way, it can kind of feel like a bit like disjointed, and then you just feel a bit shit. Do you know what I mean? And it can actually drag you the other way because it latches on to everyone feeling a bit anxious or everyone feeling stressed, everyone knowing that they've got loads to do and everyone's having to work really hard. I do feel like I'm someone who I am quite good at picking up vibes as well. And I do feel like I'm always someone who's really affected by other people. So like even the other night, we were watching a film and people were really in love and it makes me cry. And, and my boyfriend always laughs at me. And he's like, again, or like he'll show me videos of puppies and I get so excited, like I nearly cry. Like I did when you showed me Betty, your dog, like... 
but then I also like if I go in a room and everyone's really nervous I can instantly feel it and it makes me feel sick I am someone who I think maybe it's imposter syndrome or maybe it's not having much confidence or maybe it is just like I've grown up with my mum being like it and both my sisters as well like we all worry so much about everything all the time which I'm really trying to get out of but I do feel like yeah vibes and energy and frequencies and stuff is it's just so real because I personally pick up on it all the time me too and so I do like I do think that is one of the reasons I didn't do the show like people always stressy and bitchy and I'm just like this just isn't for me I've got so much going on in my life right now I had like some not very nice stuff going on in my personal life as well yeah. as well as like doing the masters trying to trying to find a placement trying to do uh, my own radio station and, and extra things as well as the show as well as trying to work out eat sort out my diabetes like I had so much going on in my life I was like I don't have room for the negative energy like this was meant to bring like fun and it's not so what's the point well that's the thing like I'm so number one I'm also for sure a highly sensitive person or like, I'm hesitant to say empath but only because I think other people are judgmental about it and I actually think fuck off <laughs> but I feel like highly affected by other people's energy and general mood. It can make a massive difference on your own life. And what's really important is to be able to protect your own energy to make it less able to be influenced by other people. And also to make it so that you don't put yourself in too many situations where you're like energy can be drained really easily. Like I get so drained going into places like the supermarket or somewhere where lots of people are like quite stressed yeah. out. It makes me feel really, really, really overwhelmed and so I try and be really quick when I go into a supermarket if I'm on my own. Uh, and if I can, my like usually my boyfriend will go to the supermarket for us because I really just struggle in there. But th- at the same time, I feel like people like us can benefit way more from places where everyone's really excited because you feel like really like high from it, if you know what I mean. So yeah, I think it's just, it's a thing to do with confidence where if there's something that is draining you, even if you thought it was going to be the thing energizing you, then it's just worth cutting it off straight away because why affect your energy like that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so true. And then another thing that I would like to do if I was more confident is get the career I think I deserve that I've been wanting for so long that I, I'm stopping myself from getting. Yeah. Um, and then also get really fit and strong and healthier, basically, which I think I'm for some reason stopping myself. And whether that's to do with confidence or not, I'm not sure, but... Yeah. Um, and then finally, like, I'd love to do a PhD one day. I'd love to be a doctor of something. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. But I do feel like, I don't think I'm very smart. I don't want to say that. Uh, I don't know how to, like, I've always been quite clumsy. Maybe don't have much logic. I'm really not very good at maths and never have been, have never been able to pass my qualifications for maths. Mm. And sometimes people make little, little comments and I might like joke with them like, oh yeah, because I'm quite sick or something. And it's like, actually, I'm not. Like, I've got a master's degree. Like, I can yeah. write. Like, I might not be intelligent like some other people. But that shouldn't mean no. I'm not going to work hard enough to get a PhD. Basically. But I'm sorry, but intelligence isn't just one type of intelligence. There's so many types of intelligence. Like you've just said that you're emotionally intelligent by saying that you're, you know, a highly sensitive person, um, which sounds like a weird thing to say, but that's that's what it's called, a HSP. Somebody that can kind of pick up on other people's energies like that. And I just think like, just because you might not have always done that well in maths doesn't mean number one, that you couldn't become the world's best mathematician at some point in your life because Mm. it's just about what you decide to keep working on and if that's something that you wanted in your life to feel like you feel more well-rounded then you can do that but I don't actually think it's important to do that I think what's important is to think I'm intelligent in lots of ways and you can get a PhD by being intelligent in lots of ways as well like you could do a PhD in something that you know you're good at it doesn't have to be something that you've struggled with before you know what I mean but yeah, it's so true. There's nothing that can get in your way except for yourself for getting a PhD, I think. You can so, do it. Okay, Jess, so what does confidence mean to you? Yeah, I mean, to me, it's about believing in yourself. So, and your ability to prosper, I guess, like to be and do and have what you truly want in life. So it's about knowing mm-hmm. that it doesn't really matter what anyone else is or does or has, like I was saying before, because um, it doesn't take away from you it, because there are unlimited possibilities. And some of those different parallel universes and different possibilities are going to be where you have are and do everything you ever wanted because by laws of possibilities like there has to be one where you do get all those things so you have to kind of know that and having that inner kind of knowing which I think actually is there from the day you're born the knowing that that is possible but it's kind of covered and buried under like lots of years of doubting yourself and other people doubting you but that kind of knowing is sacred to me I mean I think it's of the utmost importance to importance to intentionally work to dig that knowing and that confidence out of the dirt 
where it can be useful at propelling you forward, even if it's kind of uncomfortable. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I think that's a great, a great answer. And I think it's really true that I think we all know that we can do stuff and, and we always read about, you know, so-and-so got this and they never thought they'd do anything, blah, blah, blah. But you, you see that it's the work of sort of society or of other people telling you, you can't do it, you can't do it, that can stop you from doing things. So yeah, I think that's um, a really great way to look at it actually. Mm. So what is the one thing you think affects your confidence the most? You know, going off of what you've just said in a way, like, I think I affect my confidence most. Like, when I've, when I've been at my lowest confidence, it's always been as a result of my own, like, torturous thought cycles, which ruminate on all of my perceived faults and what I think other people might be thinking about me, which is obviously a waste of time. But sure, there have been plenty of people who have worked to drag me down in my life, no doubt about it. And in the past, I guess I would have said that they succeeded to drag me down. But looking back, I know that it was me accepting what they said, like passively choosing to let that define how I saw myself and treated myself that lost me my confidence because it's like a betrayal. It was no one else who who took that away from me. It was me. I just listened to what they said and thought, yeah, that's true. But I didn't have to think, yeah, that's true. I could have just thought, shut up. (laughs) Um, But they didn't have the power to take that away from me. You know, I just thought they did. So yeah. Oh, I love that. That's a quote. They didn't have the power to do that. I just thought they did. That is very, very true. Crap. (laughs) Tell me a time when you felt the most confident. And do you remember what you were doing, wearing, listening to, or have you got things that you do wear or listen to that, that bring out that confidence in you and how did those things make you feel? I don't know. Like there's been loads of times where I can think of where I felt really confident. Like, you know, there's been small things like at jobs where I've done really well or I've won something or I've hit it above the target or I've been really like excited to do well. Like I've won little awards at different jobs I've had and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, and that always kind of makes you feel that company. Like, oh my God, like I can't believe I've done this. Um, killing it. Or, you know, after getting with someone like romantically or sexually that you kind of fancied for ages or whatever, you kind of feel like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> but I don't know, in terms of like things I could be listening to at different times, like I always end up putting quite a few different tracks on, but like sometimes it'll be like Eminem. Like, that's kind of like when I need confidence if I'm feeling like down and then I need to feel confident about being able to cope with something. It'll be more like Eminem. But then if I'm feeling like, woohoo, like <laughs> need to feel <laughs> myself, it's usually more like female rappers. But yeah, a specific time will definitely be after manifesting my book deal. Because I mean, we're going to talk about manifesting more in the future. But when I've been scripting, which is like future self journaling about publishing a poetry collection for ages, and then I was approached out of the blue for it. Like I didn't submit my work to anywhere. It wasn't like anything else. Like I got a message saying we want to, from a publisher, saying we want to work with you because they'd seen literally, I'd put like a few poems on a WordPress like document thing and literally Mm -hmm. put a few on my Facebook and like one Facebook group or something. Like it wasn't much. And yeah, they saw it from there and then they got in touch with me. And so I just knew Uh I manifested it. It was like mad. And I think when you realize that you've manifested something, which obviously you have experience with as well, Shah. Yeah. It was like something I'd wanted my whole life, but I didn't really know how it was going to happen or when it was going to happen. But to know that I had done that kind of made me feel like if I could do that, I could do anything really. Amazing. I love that. I love that. On top of the world. I think it makes a huge difference to be able to feel like, yeah, (laughs) I did that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Amazing. Love that. Cool. Cool. Right. My top three tips for improving self-confidence. My first tip is affirmations. If you can find a way to start doing affirmations, even if it's just one a day or you write your own or you find ones online, no matter what it is, really, really does make a difference. Preach. Love that. Um, write down a list of 10 things you need to tell yourself every day. So if you hate your teeth or you hate your body or you think you're too clumsy or you're not clever enough at something, um, you are actually. So write it down and say it out loud as much as you can and feel it and believe it, sis. Like, it's so true. I've started doing it recently and I already feel better. And at times when my mind might be a little bit more vacant, so like when I'm driving or when I'm in the shower and I read it first thing in the morning when I wake up as well, just to like precedent for the day. And if I forget to do it throughout the rest of the day, or it might be a day where I don't believe it as much, which is a day you should be saying it more, FYI, then um, at least I've said it in the morning, basically. Yes, 100%. I do affirmations every day and I have done for years. I do the morning and night and sometimes I just use them as mantras in my head. I think that they're so vital. Third tip is do things you love. Make sure you're making time for the things you love. Be surrounded by the people, the music, the books, events like clubbing or live music gigs or yoga. Always make time for whatever it is that's your hobby, your passion or your joy. 
Yes, doing things you love. I can definitely get behind. Love that. Change the language you use for yourself. So, you know, instead of being like, oh, you dumb bitch, why did you do that? Or you're such an idiot. Or fuck, like, why am I like this? Just be a bit more calm. Be a bit more understanding like you would of somebody else. And just be like, oh, damn, that didn't go right. What did I learn here? What do I do next time? Or everyone makes mistakes. I'm only human. Rewire your brain to recognize that you're not a bitch. You're not crazy. You're not X, Y, or Z because this went wrong. Like, it's just a bad day, not a bad life. You know, you're human. We all mess up. We all make mistakes. So accept it and let's not beat ourselves up about it. And let's change the language. Let the love in. If somebody compliments you, take it. Don't explain. Don't say, oh no, or oh, this old thing. Don't doubt yourself. Just take it thank them and let it make you feel good. My second tip is future self journaling, kind of a method of intention setting. It's journaling as if you are your future self in the idea that you have everything that you want. And my third tip is to engage daily with the kind of sources, like the resources, you know, TV and film and music and art and books and just anything that you can find. Things you're good at, like cooking, dancing, conversations with friends, exercise, Whatever it is that's your feel-good thing, make time for it every day. If not, just small amounts like 10 times a day. Like intentionally make time for yourself to enjoy life, you know? Take in things that you enjoy because I think people think that it's not important sometimes to just enjoy life because when you do just enjoy life, you feel this more level of calm and then general confidence comes with feeling calm. So yeah, those are my three tips. Affirmations, future self-journaling and enjoying life <laughs> as much as possible. So my top three tips are number one, probably quite a simple one, but make yourself feel nice. Like for me, like put on a little bit of a fake tan or have a bubble bath, exfoliate, have a little shave, put on some makeup, maybe a sexy dress, a hairstyle or some hoops that make you feel bougie or something. Because um, when you're down, I think, making yourself looking better, maybe taking some pictures or something, I think can definitely help. I've been doing that a lot in lockdown because there's obviously days where I don't really make up, wear the same jumper, shove my greasy hair up. And then sometimes I'm like, nah, I need a little talk to you. I need to feel a little bit bougie today. So yeah, I'm going to get the fake tan on and full face of makeup or something and just like look at myself for a while or like do something knowing I feel and look a little bit better, which I think can massively help. But I understand there's a lot of women or men, if you're listening, hi, who, you know, won't wear makeup or fake tan so maybe it's your favorite accessory or putting on some lip balm or some hand cream or something that feels nice on you like doesn't have to be makeup or fake tan you know whatever floats your boat second one would be dance it out my friends my favorite thing is to dance to unreal tracks maybe like I mentioned some earlier in the shower have a little party naked in the shower especially at the moment we can't go out we can't have house parties we can't really dance that much People will probably be too embarrassed to dance at home on their own or with their partner or around or housemate or whatever. Um, but yeah, when I'm feeling a bit rubbish, just dance out. Literally dance like no one is watching. Like, trust me, it works. You know, in your underwear in front of the mirror with a hairbrush? Optional, but definitely, definitely fun to do. So if you haven't done that in a while, my little challenge to you is to go and do that today or tomorrow or whenever you're in the shower. Just have a little dance especially in the shower because no one can see you. So you can just do really weird, random dance moves that make you feel good that nobody has to see. Do it. And finally, more specifically for days that you're down, but look through photos and reminisce. Like, I think this is great during lockdown because we can't really go out. We can't see our friends and family. So I start by looking for good times with my friend and then I might be like, oh yeah, I looked really nice in that one or I was really happy in that photo. And think about, how you felt in those moments you were having those photos taken and then I kind of eventually sort of start looking a bit more at myself pictures of myself like pictures I don't know maybe like a couple of days later that I took of myself that are not too far away in the photo album or my phone whatever from the pictures of me with my friends or, or whatever I was looking at that made me feel good and made me feel happy and then just being like yeah I look demon in that photo honey yeah it's just a nice little thing to do so Get your photo albums out, kids. Yes. So every week we're going to be setting each other challenges, which we encourage you guys to join in with us. Um, we'll catch up on the next episode to discuss how it went and how we felt it helped us. So my confidence boosting challenges for you, Shah, are one is to smile and say I love you to, to yourself in the mirror at least three times a day for a week. 
And I hope you enjoy doing that because it feels weird at first, but it is actually so useful. And I, I think a lot of us have never said it. And I know a lot of people do that for the first time and cry and it can be really emotional, but it's really worth it. The second one is once a day for a week, write down a different thing that you like about yourself. I think a lot of us forget to think about what's good about us and we just think about what we don't like. So I think it's important to boost our confidence to do that. And the third one is to spend some non-sexual time naked whilst awake. So just enjoy being with yourself and not being unkind to your body. You you might want to dance or just move freely with your body, but either way, have fun. And I think that's the main thing about uh, increasing confidence is to try and have fun with with life and try and care less about what you look like and stuff and that's not the easiest thing to do but these kind of activities really do help push you on the right direction so yeah good luck everyone and hopefully Shah hasn't done anything too difficult for me to do let's find out okay so I've got my confidence boosting challenges for you Jazz and there's a choice of two so the first one is write a list of all the achievements in your life, no matter how big or small, and remember how you felt that day and really visualize it. And then use that every time you're feeling low. I feel like it's a great thing to like ingrain in your brain. It's just a really good thing to like constantly think about, especially like for someone like me who often thinks they're not good enough for certain things. Or number two, which I think this is the better one, sing in your underwear in front of the mirror one of your favorite feel-good tracks and just get loose dance and sing like nobody's watching let yourself be crazy for three to five minutes and just don't care about it laugh afterwards tell your partner to get out tell Betty to get out or if you want them to join in let them join in but just do it dance in your underwear in the mirror and just show that mirror that you are the badass bitch that you actually are and enjoy yourself like laugh dancing it is the best and sexy bougie underwear optional <laughs> oh, loose get loose um yeah i love those i'm definitely gonna give them a try both why not might as well double it up now we've chatted a little bit about ourselves and confidence of what it means to us we are going to give you some recommendations first of all i'm going to talk about books although i haven't really read any specific confidence books but i know jasmine has actually absolutely loves that she's going to talk about in a little while so one book i am reading at the moment is called you are a badass by Jen Sincero and I've not long started reading it really good so far I think it's a great quote from the book and it's something I feel like Jazz kind of you said earlier about rewiring the brain and this is the quote our thought become our words our words become our beliefs our beliefs become our actions and our actions become our habits where our habits become our realities yes I absolutely agree I love books on confidence and general manifestation self-help, well-being, everything. I've read about 50 books on these subjects and I look forward to sharing loads of them with you guys because I've read some really, really great books. I actually recommended You Are a Badass to Shah. I love that one. And her second book, which is You Are a Badass at Making Money, which is obviously helpful. We'll go into that later. But yeah, this book particularly seems relevant for today. My book recommendation is The Power of Your Subconscious Mind by Dr. Joseph Murphy. I absolutely love this book. So basically, it's all about neurology and psychology, but it's not a particularly difficult read. It basically speaks to the power of your subconscious mind in creating the inner and outer world that you want to live in. So Murphy provides evidence to show that you do have the ability to rewire your brain to feel much more in control of your life, to feel confident, and to add to your own daily experiences of joy. It basically explains that when we have, as humans, an experience we create connections between things. So like patterns, subconsciously, our brain does it as like a way of storing information so that we can access it easily in a pinch. It's like survival 101. It seems super helpful, but this sort of training that we do to ourselves can be so powerful that it can also really quickly become like a dangerous mess as well. Um, So for example, if every time you go near a mirror, um, you actively frown or point and prod and poke different areas of your body, like, you know, you squeeze your stomach or your legs and generally kind of like make yourself feel down your body will learn to send the relevant physical responses to feeling down um to you automatically every time that you see a mirror even if you felt kind of quite good that day because your body remembers the important thing to me is trying to balance out the things we do to ourselves with active and intentional kindness so when you rewire your brain by doing affirmations or an activity like saying i love you and smiling or even kind of like flirting to the mirror 
you're basically training your brain that you want to feel loved and attractive when you see the mirror. And so over time, that will be your natural reaction, not self-loathing. We all know that being confident and feeling attractive is a predecessor to performing better, experiencing better luck, and generally enjoying daily experiences more, even if you don't start out with or have necessarily all the best skills and tools. So we need to stop and cut that out. Defo. So this book shows you how your subconscious mind will accept any piece of information that you've accepted to be true, however false it is, and then will work to find ways to prove your belief to you. So if your thought is, and your belief is, I'm not good enough, or I'm too annoying, X, Y, Z, then your brain will find ways to go around life finding that ways that that's true. It's literally like a self-fulfilling prophecy. And this book, The Power of Your Subconscious Mind, teaches you with evidence laid out a lot more cohesively than my explanation. Examples of ways that you can hack your own mind and get it to be helping you again. Um, it has activities too, which ultimately show you how to counter out thoughts and how to rebalance the scales, how to tip them towards your own personal successes in intentionally becoming the human you'd love to be. So yeah, that's my recommendation this week. Wow, okay, that definitely sounds like a really interesting read, actually. I'd be super interested to read and know a bit more about that rewiring the brain. Amazing. So can you tell us then, how has that been pertinent to your own experiences? You know, I used to be someone who was really huge on self-deprecating humour. You know, funny all the time, classic me. No, um, <laughs> the reality is like we would just never, ever, ever continuously speak to our friends or our loved ones the way we speak to ourselves. Even just being like regularly like, oh, I'm such a fucking idiot or I'm a dickhead or why do I always fuck up with this type of stuff? It's just training your brain to believe that which first isn't true and second isn't helpful and third doesn't make you perform any better. A few years ago, I personally started learning more about neuroscience in general because I was like finally dealing with my own childhood trauma. And as a book-loving type of gal, I read loads of books that I could find just to learn more about how to cope with what was going on. So I read about how this constant self-deprecating, even when in humour, because your subconscious mind can't take a joke, just change your brains automatically beat you up whenever you make any kind of tiny mistake, which in turn just makes you feel worse, which in turn makes you make more mistakes in a never-ending spiral of luck. So I decided to intentionally try and stop doing that, even if it was my comfort zone to use it as a crutch, you know? So when I started to stop myself in conversation or even make like a little rebuttal in my head to myself, uh, which they can sometimes call thought stopping, as referenced in Pete Walker's book, CPTSD, From Surviving to Thriving. But anyway, I was shocked at how many times in like even a 10 minute period that I was chatting shit about myself to myself. This book, The Power of a Subconscious Mind, encourages you to recognize that you have the power to actively and intentionally counteract the fear statements that you say to yourself. The opposite of fear, which is basically love, or at least stability and neutrality. So think about how you can speak to yourself kindly like a child because you're always signaling to your inner child about your worth on this earth, you know? Think about how you can support yourself, how you can cheerlead yourself instead of bullying yourself and bracing yourself and that will give you a hell of a lot more confidence. Okay, so now moving on to music. I've actually chosen six tracks because I couldn't choose just one and I feel like each one kind of represents a different part of my life where I've used this song as a confidence boost. So the first one I have chosen is Fighter by Christina Aguilera. For me, it's an absolute childhood banger. Like I was quite young when Christina came out, but I've always been obsessed with her. Love Dirty, love the album Stripped. I still have it on a scratched, repeated CD that I play all the time. And I've recently started listening to it again a lot during lockdown when I started running. I just put that song on kind of towards the end of the run and I'd be like, yeah, I'm a fighter. You can do this. You can run that last little bit of the mile or whatever. So yeah, absolute tune, classic, go get it, girl. The second one is Feeling Good as Hell by Lizzo. I just think this song makes anyone feel great. And I guess like a lot of people, it's very mainstream. It was overplayed and I was like, oh, I'm going to absolutely hate the song. No, I still love it. I always play it in the shower and I make up cringy little dance routines because it is a banger, banger for that. And I just think it's a great song. I love it. And I don't think I'm ever going to stop loving it. It's just so upbeat. The next one is Do It Like a Dude by Jessie J. So I remember being at a nappy night. UKers, do any of you remember those? Um, in Liquid when I was around 15. And this song had like, just come out and it was the first time I was hearing it in a club. And I just remember feeling like a boss. 
offer some lemonade and half a WKG. <laughs> Amazing. In some heels I couldn't wear, probably some chinos. Remember when they were in Fashion Girls? And a little crop top, throwing my stuff, doing it like a dude, basically. And then I proceeded to pass out a couple of minutes later due to strobe lights. Lol, that was an experience. <laughs> Next on my list is Stop by the Spice Girls. Maybe I should have put this first because this is the one I remember being kind of younger, growing up with two older sisters. The Spice Girls were always, always on in my house. I loved them. was convinced I was going to be the new Baby Spice, even though I have brown hair, you know. And I remember winning a fancy dress dance competition at like a family member's party um, with loads of people that I didn't know, kind of like more grown up kids. I think I was like six or seven. And I dressed as Baby Spice. I had the pigtails with lilac scrunchies, which matched my outfit, which was a little lilac boob tube and some little lilac flare trousers. God, absolute boss. I would love that outfit now. Anyone who knows me knows that lilac's my favorite color. So yeah, loving that. And I remember performing the stop routine like an absolute G, singing the words along, didn't care who was watching. And I won the competition. So yeah. I felt like a badass after that day and still love the song Stop, the, you know, the OG girl band, girl power kind of group. Next up is Hips Don't Lie by Shakira. To be honest, if this comes on a night out, I'm on the floor. No matter how broken my hips feel, I'll be wiggling them. So yeah, that's just a classic. That intro of the song, it's just like, this is my song, get me up there. And everyone kind of comes together and loves it. Oh, Shakira, Shakira. So yeah. That's a fun one. And finally, one that's quite new, I suppose, that I've not listened to for very long. It's by Mae Miller, who I've not long discovered, but she is an absolute badass babe in herself. And the song is, I Don't Want Your Money. And the lyrics, the chorus goes, why would I want your money when I've been making so much more than you? You don't need to take me shopping, buy it on my own. If I like it, then I'm copying. And if you find that intimidating, I'm the wrong girl you're dating. Oh, savageness I love it and it's just so true she's like stop being arrogant I don't give a fuck about your money I make my own hun actually I make more than you and it's just the way she delivers it is so sassy and oh yeah I love that I also love older songs so Aretha Franklin I love a bit of Nina Simone you know feeling good or I put a spell on you the older ones they're lush and there's just something about them that just provokes confidence and that's me. Have you got any jazz that you want to you wanna add? Yes, I love that. I'm so happy to hear. Okay, so I've only got one confidence song to give out today. It's like a 2017 song, which I listen to legit all the time. And I felt like it was really relevant here. So it starts with an intro from a conference or something that's like, I asked you the other day to give me five major things that you're willing to let go of in order to claim your victory over your life. What are the five things that you're willing to let go of? And then she's like, my ego, fear, uh, attachment to toxic things in my life, negativity, crutches, all of my crutches, and my past. And she's like, uh, risk being uncomfortable to become unstoppable. I'm just different. Anyway, yeah, it's a bop, but it's also a motivating bop. So shout out to Angel Hayes and definitely download that track. Yes, so there is this TED Talk that I absolutely love. Now, I'm a massive fan of TED Talks, so you're probably going to get loads of recommendations from me about TED Talks. I just think that they can be really inspiring. Anywho, there's this TED Talk by somebody called Ashley Stahl, I think is how you say it, and it's called How to Figure Out What You Really Want. And She talks about all the ways that we kidnap ourselves. So I'm quoting a bit from her here now. I encourage you to ask yourself, where am I kidnapping myself from the life that I really want? How am I giving away my power, getting into fear just to get to meet my needs in the world. When we go into fear, we give away our power and we disconnect from who we really are and what we really want. But as a career coach, I've learned that there are three key steps that you can take right now to make what I love to call a U-turn, as in Y-O-U turn, which is the decision to get out of fear, which is the decision to get out of fear and come home to yourself. So the first step to do is a self-audit. Really ask yourself, where am I holding myself captive? This means being honest with yourself about where you are, what's working for you, and what isn't. Now, I personally think that this is so relevant to today's topic of self-confidence. I think we get in our own way so much with fear. And in terms of our confidence with our physical body, we need to read and learn about the effects of the concept of the male gaze on our perceptions of self. And we need to learn about how the capitalistic 
uh, and patriarchal society we, we live in profits from our self-loathing. We need to thank and learn from those brilliant humans who are the originators of the body positivity and or body neutrality movements. And in terms of career, we need to stop assuming that we aren't going to be the best person for the job. In terms of relationships, we need to stop telling ourselves that there's no good humans out there for romance. And it all ties into what you believe. In what you believe, you see. In my opinion, it's that way around. Not the other way of seeing is believing, but instead what you believe you will see. It's that simple. Yeah, amazing. Love that. Um, so another statistic as well that I found really interesting um, from a Forbes article that I read um, states in a Hewlett Packard internal report, it showed that men apply for a job or promotion when they only meet 60% of the qualifications, yet women apply only if they meet 100% of them. And so what doomed them essentially was not their actual ability, but rather their decision to try. Um, and also apparently a woman's confidence grows with age and experience and she'd be much more likely to apply for that job as her experience grows and she gets older. Whereas a man who seems to start off really confident and kind of stay the same, but not really improve very much, which um, I thought was so interesting. Like, come on, girls, get out there, apply for that job. Like, not everyone's going to have all the skills. We've got to get these men, you know? Yeah, so interesting, isn't it? Yeah, so talking about confidence in men versus women again, um, Psychology Today is an interesting website, and they report actually that... Um, most people know that the majority of females have less aptitude at maths and spatial skills than men. And in fact, almost half of females endorse this stereotype. And this awareness actually matters because when asked to imagine themselves as a stereotypical male, females perform much better on a mental rotation task than when they are not given such an instruction, which is absolute madness if you think about it. Like if we're told to think like a man, we give ourselves more credit, which is just shows like the low key, like underlying message that women have been told in society, basically. Um, and additionally, when women are asked to report their gender before taking like a test, they prefer much worse on the test than if they identify themselves as a private college student, according to one study that was done, which is just absolutely crazy, isn't it? how even thinking of ourselves or writing ourselves down as a woman can subconsciously change how we perform or how we feel about something. Um, so yeah, I think that is super interesting. And this is definitely something we're going to delve into in another separate confidence podcast in the future. Yeah. And I mean, it all links back to your belief creates your reality. I've seen TED Talks where researchers have spoken about how if you get given a milkshake that says diet milkshake on it and it says it's a zero calorie milkshake when you are digesting it your body doesn't release the same things as it would if you were eating a non-diet milkshake even if you actually aren't eating a diet milkshake you just think you are so your belief creates your reality in all these different ways i mean people perform differently if they're told to put a white coat on like a lab coat and there's just loads of different things or there was an example where Participants in this research study were given a like a fake scar on their face, um, but like a really disfiguring one. And it's just like special effects. But they were going to have a fake interview and they had to do like a report about how they felt. And they had all these like things wired up to them to measure their reactions physically. And the scar was removed just before they went into the interview, but the people who were participating didn't know the scar had been removed. So they went in and their physical reactions were as if they felt someone kept looking at the scar, but they didn't have anything there. So your beliefs really do create your reality and affect your performance and your ability to cope and do well. So I think training your brain to expect good and to do good and to believe in yourself is the number one key to confidence. Oh, okay. And now for the gratitude section. So right now, I am grateful. My family, my nan, the NHS, and love. I know, obviously, that's a couple of things, but these all come together. And they are things I say thank you for every day anyway. But it's now more prominent than ever because my nan recently had a stroke, which oh, really, really upset me. 
um, I didn't think was going to end well at all. And it was kind of a big shake to me and my family. Um, and my nan actually came home from hospital today. Um, and she's still not back to her normal self. That's going to take, you know, quite a long time of rehab and physio and everything. But I'm just so grateful she's still here with us and that she's healing herself. I'm grateful for the NHS and the work they've done. And I'm grateful for love that keeps us all connected and all together, you know. Um, so shout out to my nan, who is the OG badass babe, who I'm very much like, who I get all my bookspiration from, um, who I've learned so much from and who I absolutely adore. Um, so get well soon, nan. I love you so much. And thank you for being you. Um, so yeah, what about you, Jess? Yes, I love that. Yeah, so I absolutely love thinking and talking and writing about what I'm grateful for. And I find that the more I participate in intentionally and actively thinking about what's good, the more good I experience. So maybe it's a placebo effect and maybe I just think more good things are happening. But to be honest, why the hell does it matter? Why does it make any difference? Like it's a win-win. So as a little backstory for my gratitude today, um, my sister Amber has a disability called Rett syndrome. Most people with Rett syndrome are unable to speak, walk, or use their hands. They struggle with breathing problems. They have feeding tubes. They have seizures, anxiety, gastrointestinal issues, and orthopedic issues, as well as a myriad of other health troubles. Um, research proves that girls with Rett syndrome or people with Rett syndrome um, don't have brain damage. They know and understand a lot more than their bodies allow them to show, but they're locked in and kind of trapped in a body that can't obey signals from their brain. Um, Rett syndrome affects roughly one in 10,000 women and girls. It currently has no cure. So to explain, it's a mutation of the MECP2 gene. The MECP2 gene makes a protein which everyone needs for their brains to function properly. But people with Rett syndrome do not have enough of this protein. Gene therapy is one way that the protein can be replaced. Um... So I'm grateful because a gene therapy organization called Novartis have been working with the FDA to get to a stage where they can get an investigational new drug application submitted and start clinical trials in humans, a, a whole umbrella cure. Um, and they said just, just the other day that this IND would be submitted, which is required to get started giving drugs to patients by the end of 2021. So a literal cure could be coming to my sister and my stepsister who also has Rett syndrome, her name's Beth, and so many thousands of humans so, so, so soon, which is so exciting and so almost unprecedented. And it's just, you know, honestly, it's a dream come true because I've wished for this for my whole life. And so to be grateful for something so huge, that's so massive when a lot of the time in my gratitude journal, I'll be writing, you know, I'm really grateful for this. I'm so grateful for this book or I'm so grateful for this friend. Or I'm so grateful for this sunshine. Or I'm so, so grateful for this blanket that's keeping me warm right now. And all those things are so massive and so important to notice as well. But when something huge happens, it's just it's just amazing. And it's so nice to feel pure joy about something like that. So that's my gratitude this week. Yeah, amazing. So finally, this podcast about living life intentionally, it's about not letting life pass you by and not giving up your power by allowing circumstances to control you. Essentially, it's about not living your life just on autopilot. Living life intentionally is about having purpose behind your actions. It's not the same, in my opinion, as the more cognitive like goals. But to me, it's about being able to nurture all parts of your life and your inner self and find balance where it might otherwise slip away. So balancing all the areas of your life is, to me, where the key of like general well-being is hidden. So it doesn't just happen accidentally though. You have to intentionally choose to create the life you love. So if you're looking for a way to, you know, increase your confidence levels, you might find it helpful to consider every night that when you're laying down on your pillow, you might visualize the following day. So you're going to see things going how you want them to go. So if you've got a meeting, you might imagine the person you've got a meeting in smiling and you're having a laugh because there was a joke made and things just went well, shaking hands whatever or if it's a test you can imagine what it feels like when you take that deep breath after you put your pencil down and you think Do you know what? actually I think that went quite well so yeah you want to you want to visualize it so you might intentionally think something like my intention is to wake up full of energy and pure joy completely feeling myself from the moment I step out of bed because I know that I have the capacity to face any task I intend for tomorrow to be a best case scenario lucky fun kind of day because to have your perceptions, you actually just want to be programming your brain to expect and create a day that is great. For me, though, I have had horrific overthinking anxiety over the years. So please know I'm, I'm not just like preaching this without having gone through it and practiced it myself. 
you know, in my opinion, it, it does really, really work. And, and it has for millions of others as well. Because as humans, we have over 50,000 thoughts a day. Um, some of us a lot more than that. Um, I mean, who is counting, but you know what I mean. And over 70% of those thoughts that you have are recycled from the day before. So they're repeated. And usually that's for many, many days in a row. Our thoughts influence our behavior and our actions, which influences basically the rest of our lives. So how we react to others, how they react to us, and how the whole world around us operates, you know, in short, our version of reality. So what I didn't clock onto or see the need for for many years before all this is that we can and, and kind of should purposely and intentionally think the words and the pictures of whatever we want, we can purposely and intentionally think about whatever we want. So we should, you know. Um, it's been studied and proven over time and time again that your thoughts have influence over your physical body because your thoughts can basically easily control you. I mean, I'll just say this. You have so much success with self-confidence if you're willing to spend time practicing intentionally thinking, empowering thoughts like affirmations or mantras every day so that there's a better, more empowering route for your brain to go to when it's on autopilot. Because everyone is on autopilot sometimes. Like that's just how our brains and bodies survive. Like you can't just be thinking all the time. Um, but you want to train your brain to remember how confident and passionate and intelligent and capable you are and not to proclaim what a mess you're in in life or how you're an idiot when you do go into autopilot. This will mean you can start to come out of a cycle of thinking that you're not good enough and all the behavior that comes with those thoughts. So from my experience, it's easy to start acting like a dickhead if you already feel like a dickhead and you feel like a dickhead because one time you decided it was okay to tell yourself you were a dickhead and speak to yourself that way, probably after someone else did. So, you know, like, let's fight back, you know, stop training our brains to think that and start trying to balance the scales a bit. It can feel embarrassing or uncomfortable at first, but for me, the most important thing was to not succumb to start judging myself or judging the idea of doing something that might be a bit cringy. So if you want, if you want my advice, just try it with full gusto. And I think you'll be astounded with the difference to how you do it life. So, you know, like how your loved ones are towards you, how you feel about yourself, work, school, uni, a business, whatever it is. The opportunities that find you will generally improve your level of inner contentment. So, yeah. So I've mentioned visualization a little bit. And visualization is to create a mental image or mental video that shows what you intend to have happen. So usually successfully before you take on a task. So many athletes use vi intentional visualization to perform better. There's a diver called Troy Dumais, and he's a four-time Olympian who uses it as a way of mentally practicing his performance. And visualization is one aspect of intention setting. So if you can see it in your mind, you've already seen it happen once the way you want it to happen. So your confidence that you'll be able to recreate that moment, as Jumei says, increases greatly. And thus your physical and mental capabilities to prosper in that task also increase. This can be applied to any part of your life, though. So if you're the kind of person like me and like Shah who gets nervous making phone calls, for example, then you can set the intention to have a quick, easy and friendly conversation with the other person on the phone. And you can visualize how it will feel when it's an easy time and they're positively responsive. And you can almost definitely will feel a little bit more confident to face the situation and at best will completely smash it through life being a boss aspect. Basically, um, you know, it can really make a difference to how you approach the world. Intention and purpose is about who you aspire to be. So as an important precursor to our further episodes, I invite you lovely listeners to ask yourselves, what does a confidence mean to you? And how are you going to use it to be who you want to be? That's the end of today's episode. Thanks for coming to listen to Intentionally You. For more info and banging content, check us out on Instagram at Intentionally You Podcast. And to engage with us about anything we've mentioned today, slide into our DMs. If you enjoyed today's episode, please comment, rate and share as it really helps get us out there. We'll catch you in our next episode. Until then, stay blessed and remember to grow, glow and go and be intentionally you.